Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs. Coming up on today's show, Evan and I are going to dive into the Cleveland Cavaliers, the undefeated Cleveland Cavaliers, I should say properly, put some respect on their name, which I obviously did not do. Uh, they beat the Philadelphia Cinema Sixers on Sunday. We're going to recap that game, talk about Ke- the Kevin Love um, leaving the game with an injury, a little bit about Isaac Coro's injury as well, and we'll answer a mailback question about Dante Exum. It's all coming up t- on today's show, brought to you by Bill Barr. Um, Bilt Bar, if you didn't know, is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. With the fifth pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Isaac Okoro from Auburn University. Quarter on none, launches. He knocks it down. Good section. On the blow by. Both inside. And off to Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond grabs it out, lets the Garland. Up top. Oh, oh. And, uh, Cleveland, this is for you. Evan, shame me. Just get it over with. I know you've been waiting to, to clown me. Well, well, well. Your past failures have brought you back to me or something, whatever, like Thanos said. I'm not as prepared. This is coming from the heart, but... I feel uh, like you're just like like more of like a Palpatine than a Thanos. Uh, you think I'm wrinkly and gross? That's really insulting. Look, you don't think no, I'm like a but like just manipulating things behind the scene? Like I don't feel like you're like a multi like galaxy homicidal maniac. Listen, Chris, you could not live with your own failure, and where did that bring you? Back to me. I thought by eliminating half of life that the other half would thrive, but it turns out I just have to say the Cavs are three and zero, and I was right. And I will. I felt more confident with the pick when Joel Embiid was announced out because he's afraid of Andre Drummond. But um, <laughs> okay, no. Cal- calm down there, Skippy. This is this. Hey, Drummond is my MVP pick for spoilers for everybody who's listening right now. But um, no, this is a really fun game for the Cavs. We kind of talked about this. Like mentally, I wasn't as focused about maybe towards the end of the third quarter because it was starting to turn into garbage time. And once JB, once Doc threw up the white flag, and once JB put in like Marquise Bolden and Thon Maker together, I'm like. Okay, might as well get ready for media availability, and then I just kind of had it up on my computer while I was getting ready. But no, this was this was a fun win. Yeah, the the Cleveland Cavaliers um, really did the thing, and I am surprised. They're interesting. Um, they're an interesting bunch. So, I need to see. I, I the the caveat is obviously that like I want to see how they do against like an actual like well coached good team. And like ah, NBA- Chris, you too are on the Doc Rivers is overrated boat like I am. Welcome aboard, well, matey. <laughs> well, it's more of like the fact that like Joel Embiid did not play in this game for me. Ah, it is Chris, like- you're also on the Joel Embiid is worth more than Ben Simmons boat. Welcome aboard, matey. I've I've been on that one, but um, like that that you you play who's in front of you, and they've beaten two teams that are bad. They they've overcome some adversity in these games. They beat a Philadelphia team that had the best player on either team in, in Ben Simmons. Um, like the Cavs are doing the thing, and they're three zero. They are playing hard. They're playing for each other in a lot of ways. I, there's a lot to like about the stylistic nature of of their passing and things. There's some things that I wonder how sustainable they are, which I think we can talk about on Tuesday's show because I'll just I'll be a nerd on the WKYC show this week. Surprise! Uh, just, that just feels right. I'm just normally a nerd. Um, but look, they're three zero. They're they're playing 
incredibly well. The success of the team is overwhelmingly being driven by Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, and that in itself is like a really, really um, in, impressive thing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, sure is. Like, I we, we will get into some of the negatives, but they're 3-0. They're playing hard. They're playing well. They're winning games. They're one of six teams that are still undefeated at the time of this recording. They are the I, second I, seed in the Eastern Conference right now. Is it I'm sustainable? Ca- <laughs> no. But am I enjoying it? Yes. When the wheels come off this wagon, is it going to suck? Am I going to be somber and depressing? Probably. Will I drink a cup of coffee this late at night? Absolutely not. Yes. Okay, so just a quick stat right now. Again, the Cavs win 118-94. Uh, Andre Drummond, 24-14, and 11-18 from the field. Colin Sexton, 22 points and 8-15 shooting. Only two three-pointers taken. Uh, Darius Garland, 14.7 assists. Larry Nance Jr., 13.5 assists, four boards, two steals. Uh, Kevin Love uh, plays nine minutes, leaves the game with an, the aggravation of his calf injury. only had four points on a 2-6 shooting in those nine minutes. Uh, Jetty Osmond had 14 off the bench to go with two assists as he continues to play really well at the start of this season. And Dante Exum had 6.6 assists in his 23 minutes. Evan, uh, you already tipped your hands, uh, so I'm going to let you explain why Andrew Drummond is your MVP pick for this game. And, and spoiler alert, if I could have picked first, he would have been my pick as well. Well, thank God I picked because I really didn't prepare much of an argument here. But Andre finished with the second best plus minus on the team at plus 27 for Cleveland. I jokingly told my friend Jordan Christmas that he was going to put up 21 points on 40 shots. And joke's on me. He put up 24 points on 18 shot attempts. He converted 11 of them. No three-pointers for Andre. He played like a traditional center. He had a lot of putbacks. There were some infuriating, infuriating moments in the first quarter where I like, look at him and he doesn't have the softest touch around the rim. It's a lot of like two, three times attempts, and that's partially why he's such an quote-unquote elite rebounder. He is a good an elite rebounder, don't get me wrong, but he's also – some of those numbers are a little pad because he's also picking up his misses and trying again. But Drummond was a really sharp player tonight. He played really well. He played with a lot of intensity and a lot of heart. Uh, a lot of his defense and deflections were part of it, and um, I think, Chris, we're both going to be in agreement for best play, but one of Andre's deflections, I think it was a block in this situation where he blocked it and then kicked it over to Garland, and Garland kicked it back to Nance – um, that was one of the most hype plays of the game for sure. And I really enjoy this game from Drummond. And if we get more of this going forward, we get an engaged Andre like this, an extension becomes a lot more palatable for me to discuss. But we also have a few good samples of some stinkers so far in these three games with Andre as well. So I'm not fully committed to that idea. Yeah, let's let's not talk about the uh, next contract for Andre Drummond for like two months. Can we agree to that? Oh, Absolutely. That'll be my birthday by then, so you should ruin my twenty-eighth birthday, Chris. Let's go for it. Yeah, late twenties things go downhill anyway, so I'll just kick it off with that. But uh, I, I just for sake of having another option for people to vote on, I think Context is the other pick here. Made some good assists, only had the one turnover. Uh, 22 points, not as deadly as a shooter as he's been in other games, but um, again, still a really good game from Colin as he kind of kept things moving and and I think playing at, a, at again, a pretty, pretty high level. So those are our two MVP picks. Um, Evan, I'm going to say stat of the game for me. We're going to go next here next is 31 assists as a team mm-hmm. because on, on 48 made field goals because I pulled this up, and the Cleveland Cavaliers last year um, had a whopping – had like I believe I'm if I'm counting right, it's a whopping uh, ten games of twenty nine assists or more out of their um, not that of uh, sixty five games last season. That's not a lot. This year, they have had twenty nine assists or more in every single game. 
Uh, Larry Nance Jr. talked about it postgame. They're moving the ball well. It, it's a, clearly an ethos of this team that they're trying to make it work. Again, I, I think there's some shot distribution stuff that I'm a little unsure if it can hold over over how they're playing right now with how, kind of how they're, they're getting it. But this is a team that is moving the ball. It's it's making things easier on themselves. And, and to me, that like you use that against a team like Philly, that even though they don't have Embiid, who's kind of prop making that defense what it is, that that's a really good sign. No, it absolutely is, and you still. I think we're just going to be stealing each other's thunder. But there's a lot of good vibes to go around here. Um, no, this Cavs team being like you know one of the worst passing teams last year. Maybe that a lot of that's indicative of John Bailey being so rigid with his offensive sets, and you know instead JB Bickerstaff doing a lot of weird stuff. Like he played Dante Exum at the three after Kevin Love went down and kept Larry and bumped Larry up to the four with Andre at the five, and so they went from big to small and. I think the flexibility and the non-rigidity, if that's the proper way to say it when it comes from Bayline to Bickerstaff, is a huge thing. And the fact that they're playing such unselfish basketball and he's really preaching that mentality where I remember that quote that stuck with me where JB said that, listen, we don't want you playing for our team if you're going to play selfish, like one-on-one style of basketball. And that's really stuck so far, like especially with Colin Sexton, who could really be a tunnel-y player at times. And there are some instances where Colin has looked like he's in a tunnel, but yeah, no, tonight, like you said, it was a good MVP pick where he had some smart passes. He was a good, just a good offensive weapon, an elite offensive weapon like he always is. And it just always makes me wonder um, how good this team could have been if they just stuck with Bickerstaff from the beginning and didn't try the John Bailen experience. Yeah, it, it's a fair question to wonder. I'm a, a fun what if, but Evan, uh, play the game. Why don't you run through the, the oh, play of the game? Sh- you're I didn't share my stat, my guy. Oh, pick your stat. I'm sorry. My most impressive stat for Cleveland tonight, the assists were impressive. The steals were also impressive. Like The active hands were always impressive, but I'm going to give the kudos to the fact that Cleveland had 68 points in the paint tonight to Philly's 38, which in itself is also pretty impressive, and I think just goes hand-in-hand with Andre Drummond playing to his strengths instead of his weaknesses. There's a little bit of JaVale McGee love in there, too, even though JaVale only had seven points, but the Cavs, it was a smart strategy. They attacked Dwight Howard early, got him into foul trouble, and then they kind of just bullied the crap out of Tony Bradley and whoever else Doc Rivers tried to throw out there to try and soak up minutes of the five, and exploited a very overwhelmed defensively Philadelphia team and just attacked them in the paint and then it created opportunities on the perimeter as well because Cleveland only hit nine three-pointers tonight but that's okay if they're able to do that they had 23 attempts and it was just an overall efficient night and starting in the working in then out is a good way for this Cavs team to go especially if like Kevin Love is sideline going forward yeah which we'll talk about that in the next segment so again there's our um Stats of the Evan, just run through this play really quick because I, it's it's probably the right pick. I will make an alternative case because I have to, but you don't have um, to. We could agree on it too. No, I we gotta have the polls for the social content. I'm, I'm committed fair. to this. But run through this play. This is this is pretty freaking great. No, the play was and Chris actually the Cavs have posted this the clip a million times. So if you just want to play the John Michael feed here, it's John Michael does a better job like just playing yeah. at the cadence of the yeah. excitement. Yeah, here here's John Michael, um, who I, I want to just give him a shout out as well because I think the little thing he's added to his repertoire of nine one one three is like a really good little mm-hmm. um, addition to his to his bag. So salutes to John Michael. But here here's his call of this: Andre Drummond to Darius Garland to Larry Nance Jr. Absolute hammer. To keep him in and shoot free throws down the stretch as Simmons had that blocked by Drummond. Here goes Big Andre, rumbling <laughs> into the forecourt. Finds Garland behind the back. Yes. Oh, mercy! Nance with a two-hander. 
All right, there it is. Uh, this plays great. Evan, the only other one that I'll suggest is I, I think you could go with the Exum to Drummond lob where yeah. where Drummond almost got his elbow in the rim. But I'm going to give uh, Colin Sexton. Um, he it's a, he goes against Shake, Shake, Shake Middleton, fakes him out, goes like does the real big like swooping fake, and then comes back and then does like the two-arm like celebration. Um, just kind of Colin Sexton out there having fun. You love to see it. No, absolutely love to see it. And that's the one thing I have noticed with this Cavs team is they're just having fun going out there and playing. And especially with Colin being such an exciting player to begin with, I think just having a trickle down is a great thing. And no, that's, yeah, a, good, right. that's a good play nominee. Yes, uh, it was. it's a lot of fun. Um, I'll play that call here as well. Here's just that the play from John Michael here calling that one as well. Points on the evening, 7 of 14 from the field. Look at this move as Jake Milton got caught leaning the wrong way. You're right. Well, again, he's so quick. You have to really react to him. All right, there's that. Um, Evan, why don't you, though, we're going to take a break here. Come back. Talk about Kevin Love, the kind of the one real bummer um, of this game is him leaving with an aggravation of that calf injury. Why don't you tell us about one of our great sponsors here on the network? I would be absolutely happy to tell you about it. And, folks, if you took my advice and you bet on the Cavs in all three games, you might be sitting pretty right now, especially if you use our friends at betonline.ag. And there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, which, like I mentioned, is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% off welcome bonus. The NFL season, regular season is finishing up with the Browns losing to the Jets and, you know, their playoff stakes sitting on the line against Pittsburgh next weekend, and the playoff picture is becoming even clearer. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore like the Browns probably will after next weekend. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network and your online sportsbook experts. 2020 is mercifully almost over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we'll be back to talk about Kevin Love right after this. All right. Chris Manning, Evan Demerle here on Lockdown Cavs. Evan, Kevin Love um, leaves the game with an aggravation of his calf injury. Again, only played nine minutes. This is the same injury that kept him out, or at least we assume it's it's an extension of that injury. Um, it yeah. kept him out at the season opener. He played his season de- in his season, regular season debut against the Pistons on Saturday, was back in the starting lineup. Um, he, he'd basically been 50-50 to even play in this game, but he leaves with injury. You could see him um, makes a move in the post, Immediately after the ball goes out of bounds, he can check out. He, he signals to come out. He comes out. He does not come back. Uh, according to JB Bakerstaff, he had an ultrasound um, on the on the calf on Saturday. He will have an MRI on Monday. So we don't exactly know what his status is, how serious the injuries. JB uh, did not know, or at least did not disclose anything that he knew during his post game media availability on Zoom. I'm sure we'll learn more on Monday here, but this is a bummer. It's it's the one real bummer that Kevin just. I don't think he looks super comfortable. Um, the night before, I don't think he looks super comfortable in this game. I, I think it, it's a bummer if he's if he's hurt for a specific amount of time for whatever this is. It, it's unfortunate, and the injury bug is, is hitting the Cavs kind of in key pieces here to start the season. Yeah, it really is a huge bummer when it comes to just Kevin Love's uh, longevity this season, and it's it's been tough. Uh, there's probably – first off, seeing those at Achilles injury to begin with was concerning, but being down here to the sore calf is still – concerning for sure and then jb said last night against detroit that cleveland played 
Kevin probably a little bit more than they were comfortable with when it comes to his minutes limit. And I think maybe that had a little bit of a trickle effect just coming into this game against Philly where he already already looks a little uncomfortable and a little out of place just because he hasn't played with in this new offensive system and with just a very confident Darius Garland and Colin Sexton yet. And it's just going to suck because he's just going to be further behind. I mean, I know he's a veteran and he's a very experienced and seasoned player and he's a very fun plug and play player for a lot of contending teams, but Kevin is just kind of going to look a little awkward and a little clunky until he gets comfortable with Cleveland and him being sidelined for God knows how long is going to be tough. And JB said they'll have an update for us Monday, possibly Tuesday at the latest on his situation and hope for the best. And um, no, it's just definitely tough as well. But I guess the silver lining in this is Larry Nance has looked phenomenal playing the four and hat tip to Carter Rodriguez, uh, host of the rival chase down podcast, but also just friend of the pod in general. Um, Larry is kind of playing a little bit of like what looks like a peak Draymond Green with Golden State where he's just a little bit everywhere on both ends of the floor and like he's getting his hands dirty with playmaking and through spacing and shooting and defense and like deflections and like Larry is really becoming the motor that drives this end drives this engine and drives this car that is the Cleveland Cavaliers and like that's it's a shame Kevin's hurt but it just means there's going to be more playing time for Larry at the four and I think this is really going to unlock Cleveland's offense further and just make them look like an even stronger team on both ends of the floor yeah I I think that's it's an interesting comp I like I like it and uh I I think he's he's I I don't love it that Kevin's hurt but I like that we get more Larry is what I take away from this yeah like I'm you know we'll talk about the big lineup I think once we get more data on it and this kind of maybe kiboshes that to some extent but um Larry, I think, is is a pretty perfect four in a lot of ways, and I, I think he's kind of inarguably to me one of the Cavs' three best players right now, and arguably yeah. the most important guy to kind of make everything work right now. Um, and I I, yeah. I, I I was thinking about this like just real quickly. I, I think um, the Cavs giving up that first round pick for Larry and that Clarkson trade has I, it has aged better than I, you would have just assumed it would at the time, and I think for reasons that I I did not value correctly at that time because Larry has become a a piece for you in a way that Clarkson who was kind of seen as the centerpiece scoring option of that trade obviously never became, but Larry's kind of become obviously much more important to what the Cavs are, are building here. Um, yeah. The other obviously injured news right now is that Isaac Coro is out. He missed uh Sunday, Sunday's game with a sprained foot came down on Svima. I can't even say Svi's last name, but he came down again. Mahalik. Mahalik. Uh, came down on Svi's foot um, and immediately came out of the game was, you could see Steve Spear, the Cavs trainer, um, on the broadcast working with Okoro, but a uh, sprained foot, you, you'd probably likely just be very cautious with that. I don't know when we're going to see Isaac back, but if you're wondering, hey, why was Isaac out? Like, he has a sprained foot, and um, but I, w- I would expect he'll be back in the starting lineup when the yeah. ca- when he's back healthy. I also would just, it was telling that the Cavs didn't go to Jetty, basically, to me, that, that they went with Larry, and maybe that's because of Philly and, and the Ben Simmons thing, whatever, but um, I would also just say Isaac I, clearly was missed and because of what he does already really does pop already. No, what Isaac does really does pop. And I know people are really getting up in arms of the fact that he had zero points against Detroit. And we talked about this already ad nauseum. So I won't like dwell on it too long, but like, no, Isaac makes a lot of plays that you don't record on the box score necessarily. And also to your point, Jetty not cracking the starting rotation. I think the Cavs have figured out what his role is. And it's something you and I've been saying for a while where, 
he is a high energy instant offense wing that can come off the bench for the Cavs and hit a couple threes and but also if Jetty is having one of those nights where he is in a valley instead of a peak and he's at a peak right now um it's not going to be detrimental because you can kind of just pull the hook on him and put somebody else in whether it's an Okoro or whether it's Larry Nance or whether it's somebody else and maybe Kevin Porter Jr. when Kevin Porter Jr. is finally back um a lot of interesting stuff there, but I think Jetty has really found his role, and I think he's finding what he's comfortable with, and this is working nicely for the Cavs. But, yeah, I hope Isaac gets better soon because Dante Exum looking sharp, and that's actually who we're going to discuss in our next segment, is signing Mr. Exum to an extension. Exum looking sharp and healthy. If you put Garland, Sexton, Okoro, Nance, and then say, like, even either Drummond or McGee at the five, like, because I like what JaVale's done a lot, too, in his limited stint with Cleveland so far. Um, that's a really fun and just like interesting lineup with a lot of playmaking, a lot of spacing, a lot of defense. Like there's a lot of just different variables there, and I really want to see that with Isaac there. So I hope the foot injury isn't serious. From what I heard, they're just being cautious, like they are with all their players. The Cavs do this with any player that's has an injury, says like, all right, something doesn't feel right. The Cavs are like, okay, shut it down. Let's make sure you're fully healthy before you get back out there. Probably gonna be the same approach they take with Kevin Love. So. It, it is what it is. It stinks, but I'd rather them be safe than sorry because this isn't a sprint. This is a marathon of a season, and if the Cavs want to keep playing this well, then you're going to need these key guys healthy and vital games later in this season. Yeah, all right. That is absolutely correct. So there's the injury updates. We'll see again more with Kevin. If, if there isn't injury information uh, put out on Monday or we hear something or whatever, we will talk about it on the Tuesday show. But I also want to tell you guys about Built Bar. So Built Bar is the best per- tasting protein bar ever. There are six new amazing flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and apple almond crisp. And there's also still the 12 original flavors, including peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, and salted caramel. Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health conscious guy. They can help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And look, Cherry Barcia, one that I have my rotation, is 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and just 4 grams of carbs. Right now, get a free cooler with purchase. That's while supplies last. And go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com check all of that out and again later this week uh, we'll have our wkyc episode on that one we're going to be talking about any kevin love news that comes out and talking about where drummond fits and and sort of how we're seeing the Cavs so far this season Um, that's all again coming up on tuesday show here on lockdown Cavs. all right last segment here uh question for our mailbag our little mailbag monday segment comes from uh, friend of the program, Jeff Namina, I believe. Basically, the question is, would it make sense for the Cavs to sign Dante Axum to an extension? Um, yeah. Evan, I I want to slow the roll on this a little bit because yep. I would not want to do it now. I would not be committing to this now. But I think if you're building the Cavs and you're building things and figuring things out with it and you're kind of trying to decide where things are headed and and everything like that like i do think that there is a world where you do exum could make sense on a pretty affordable contract no he absolutely does and maybe jeff is getting a little too high on his supply here with uh the miami dolphins youth movement just kind of vaulting into the playoffs sooner than expected but um no i like exum as the player it's just 
if he can stay healthy and he had a fall tonight where he kind of landed on his back awkwardly and i'm like great he's hurt again but he got up and he walked it off and he was fine but still worried about him just his long-term health and everything and like i'm not trying to be a wishing this into existence or anything but there is a very realistic chance dante could have another injury to the sidelines i mean it happened in the preseason where he has that absolutely insane game then jb says he's our backup point guard of the future then he was out with a hip injury and just kind of thankfully he's okay now but um I think we need a little bit more of a sample size out of Dante. I think because of his injury-riddled history and past, the Cavs can get him on the cheap. And like you said, he is the type of point guard that would be great as a complimentary guard off the bench. He can also play alongside starters like Sexton and Garland and even both of them together, as we saw tonight for a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't be opposed to signing XM to it, an extension. But uh, yeah, we need to slow our roll a little bit and just kind of get a larger sample size of a healthy Exum and what he looks like in this Cleveland offense because JB has these guys rolling for a reason right now. You don't want to put the cart before the horse before you get too far into the season because, again, I'm not trying to be a doom and gloom guy here. Going to ride these good vibes for as long as we can, but Cleveland plays Milwaukee in early January, and I think that's a team that's going to give Cleveland a lot of problems. Oh, and the maybe Cavs that's are, one. That, that is absolutely the worst matchup possible for the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are going to even even Dante Divincenzo is just like a, is a yeah. is, is a damn good defender. Yeah, the starting five for the Bucks are just very elite defensively. Let's put it that way, and like they're going to give the Cavs a little bit of an issue, even if they're at full strength. And so, and I think they play the Pacers, and I do think they play Orlando before that too. And Orlando's a stupidly elite defensive team, so um, there could be a good opportunity for the good vibes to completely come to a screeching halt for the Cavs. But yeah, let's not get too high on our own supply yet. And I think signing X into an extension would be a good idea, but we just need a larger sample size. So the other thing I would just say to watch is see how many minutes the Cavs are willing to commit to him sort of this year because he's at um, – he played 13 minutes in his first game and then he played 23 on Sunday. So let's just say Kevin Porter Jr. comes back and, and kind of hits expectations um, or at least something like – and kind of matters. And, again, we don't really know what's going on there exactly, but we will kind of see. Um, then you go into a situation – where you Dylan Winther comes back, and then um, you obviously have a number of kind of guys already there. I think Exum as like a backup point guard does offer something different. And and if you want to make him like your actual backup point guard, and you're willing to spend like you know not a ton of money, but like maybe five, six, something like that a year, and kind of lock him into that role, I don't think that's actually like a, a bad uh, contract to sign. But I do there there is a maximum on on the willing the the money you'd be willing I think to spend on on what Dante does just because like, I do think you have other options. And I think, you know, if the, depending on what happens in the draft next year and what happens with Drummond and everything, like, you know, you mm-hmm. could be drafting, you know, Jalen Suggs, you could be drafting Kate Cunningham, who's going to come in and handle the ball a lot and do a lot of your lead creator stuff, or at least theoretically get to that point. And it's a point and that's going to lessen the need for a Dante Exum type. I do think he's a good depth piece. I think he, you know, matters a little bit more than like a Damian Dotson would um, be on this season. Um, I, I, I like the upside of Exum quite a bit. And I think especially if the Cavs are willing to play a little bit smaller, I, I think he's a guy that makes a lot of sense to me because I like that he played the three a little bit on Sunday. I like the fact that they're willing to not just make him like a, a off guard with Sexton. I really just think that the Cleveland Cavaliers um, are in a position to maybe maximize him if they're willing to play a little bit smaller. Uh, maybe that's not as possible this year, but I think as you go forward, I do think that XM as kind of a swing piece makes some sense, assuming he's healthy. 
yeah and it's really weird to think uh i tweeted this but it's weird to have fun watching the Cavs like on a night to night basis where they just look so competent on both ends of the floor like again there's gonna be a point where the wheels really fall off and maybe it's just from being a Cavs fan for so long i don't expect this but i'm gonna enjoy this while we can and xm's definitely a part of it xm's also like a, a kind of guy that i'm a mark for do go on well xm is like a guy is like a little create a little creation like a little speed like kind of like a, a jack of all trades kind of type that maybe has like one kind of flaw i i sometimes think we look at guys in the league and i i did this with drummond i'm willing to eat crow in that a little bit already um oh yeah carter rodriguez really lets you try to make i'm gonna qu- it, i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna quote him to i'm gonna pull up the g10 and tell you exactly what he said to me um in our let's let's we'll just pause real quick and you can just no i'm gonna keep talking but oh. So oh, he said, oh. uh, <laughs> I'd like to note, Andre had a really, really good game today. So fuck you, Chris. Um, thanks, Carter. But <laughs> love you, Carter. Um, big weekend for, for my fellow high university alum, Carter Rodriguez, and Terrell Basham, like helping ruin the Browns' playoff hopes a little bit. Uh, Wait, speaking of Ohio University, I guess he beat them in basketball at 20 points. Akron. Yeah, the Akron Zips, baby. Akron's good, uh, man. Good program. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? Uh, good program. I respect Evan. I'm 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 good vibes only right now. Okay. So yeah, your brain's fried. So I'm really testing your patience yes. today. Um. <laughs> so, but the thing with Exum was like, I think sometimes with guys, like I, this is how we felt about David Nawab. I think sometimes like a guy will have like a weakness, and most often it's like the shooting weakness, and we're just like, you know what? Like maybe that guy like doesn't have a place or something. Like I I think we do that a little bit hastily. Um. I, I think that's a thing. And I think if you're in a position to like work around that and maximize him in other ways, I do think you can kind of get guys that are maybe a little undervalued and have them thrive. And I think um, if you're willing to get Drummond on the move, that could be the case with him. And I think with Exum, if you're willing to make him like a backup point guard and put a bunch of other shooting on the floor and like have guys who can do that, like whether that's KPJ, whether that's Colin Sexton, who's been his, who's been really um, his, partner in a lot of ways so far and, and larry Nance jr is part of that mob or whatever like i think you can really maximize xm in interesting ways and even if going forward like that's the kind of guy that if you want another ball mover want another guy to run the pick and roll to run the offense you kind of know what to do with the ball in his hands like that that's a good thing no it absolutely is and um no i i really like xm's fit I, he was a guy i'm also bullish on too i know he was your dicky rival in nba 2k 15 when he was a rookie but um, you can really tell injuries have humbled Dante a lot, and he's really had a rough go of it. And this is something I've applauded Kobe Allen for: is he'll take a gamble on players that maybe just were overlooked by their past teams. Uh, Thon Maker is the recent example of this, and I don't think Thon is as good as I would hope he would be on paper. But Dante Exum is another example of this, where he's really worked out, and maybe Damian Dotson's another instance of this because Dotson's looks sharp as well whenever he has played for the Cavs and. I don't know. The Cavs are rebuilding the right way, and they're in a really good place. And Exum, like you said, looks really good alongside Sexton. He can really look good alongside Sexton and Garland and Dance as well. And he's just an interesting wrinkle when healthy, and I hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, um, but I, I we'll see how this goes on. We will check in on this. I will make a note, and we will check in on this uh, later on in the season. But that's uh, I got to I got to give you a bold prediction before we go. Okay. The Cavs will carry this, and they will beat the Knicks on Tuesday, but they will lose at least one game 
by the time we record for next Monday, and unfortunately, that will be a real bummer of a game. But here's my new bold take, Chris. Oh, boy. I think Colin Sexton should get serious consideration for the All-Star game this year. If he holds this up, then sure. I'm being serious. Like, I know three games is a small sample size, but you and I know the type of player Colin is, and he's become hyper-efficient scoring, and he's showing a little bit of confidence as a playmaker. He's starting to tick a lot of boxes for me where, okay, he's he's still abhorrent defensively, and I don't know if that's ever going to get better at this point, but he's really starting to show that he's an elite offensive player, and that's a pretty easy fast track to the All-Star game, and it's not going to be Drummond. It's definitely not going to be Love. Um, unfortunately, it won't be Larry Nance Jr. Larry Nance will just be my barometer for if I know if you actually watch the Cavs or not. But no, Colin Sexton will be the marquee player. Uh, well, there isn't an all-star game, but he'll be voted to as, as an all-star this year. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. I, I'm not going to talk about the all-star game until I have to. Well, there isn't one until Cleveland hosts it. So bada boom, bada bing, Michael Scott, Sebring, Chris, let's put this car in park and get out of here. <laughs> oh, my God, the office. Uh, all right, that's going to be it. Uh, we're we're done here on Lockdown Casual. Again, back tomorrow on WKYC. Uh, check out Lockdown Browns if you want some some Browns analysis and, and Lockdown Indians or whatever. I don't even actually know what the the uh, – the name of the show is now, which is my bad, but check that out. And again, we'll be back here very soon on Lockdown Cavs. But again, the Cavs beat the Philadelphia 76ers. They're 3-0. Yes, really. Talk to y'all soon.